It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 18th day of May, 2016. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser. And today uh, we're going to discuss different aspects of dealing with the VA. Uh, one of them, for instance, is uh, you ever try to call into the VA, get a hold of somebody at the VA? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, how are you doing today, John? Buddy, I am doing good today. Just Have you tried about contact what you, the VA? <laughs> last time I tried to answer it, and I got, this is Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> this is Peggy. Yeah, ten years ago, <laughs> ten, ten years ago, the veteran was able to call 1-800-827-1000, and he could usually get in touch with his regional office. Well... I guess too many veterans were calling because they put a stop to that in a hurry. They put in these call centers. You call 1-800-827-1000 now, and you'll be able to get California. So, you know, it's, uh, it actually stemmed from, uh, the I call it a uh, fiasco, which is, you know, kind of like Shredder Gate and all the things. It was Phone Gate because they would... Uh, Come on, I'll lie to you and tell you this and that. Just get you off the phone. Of course, now you realize them folks got bonuses too, and they probably had so much time to keep you on the phone, to get you off the phone. So, not being negative anyway, of course, but you know it is a non-adversarial system, sure. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I had some luck years ago calling, and I actually. Got some good information. And, uh, of course, what hurts is, uh, you know, if you happen to call the VA regional office and you've got a rep- representative from one of the big the big boys, you know, the VSOs, they usually have them. They've got an office right there inside the regional office right, right down the hall from the Raiders. You know, and you try to call them and get something done, you know, you better get your pair of pliers and pull your teeth out. So... And that's why you spend so much time on the phone trying to call the VA when you ought to be able to call your representative and have him check into it. Because they do that's work true. for you. Uh, yeah. VSOs, uh, I've had my share of, man. Trying to get information out of them uh, <laughs> is like talking to a dog. Uh, you, you just ain't going to find much out, and. I think it's because they really don't know. Uh, they probably get the same treatment we do whenever they call in. If they do, if they do get a hold of someone or whatever, uh, I don't know. How do you know what they tell them? You know, they're your POA. What do they tell them is what you're telling them. You give them your power of attorney, and that's a pretty powerful document. Well, it is. Unfortunately, uh, it seems like a lot of them disrespect that authority. And by the time you, uh, a poor veteran realizes that they've been hood, hoodwinked and they're not getting...
the representation that they thought they were, uh, you can spend three, four, five years in the system. And I think that's uncalled for. Mm-hmm. It's totally uncalled for. Now, a few years ago, a person asked me uh, some advice about which is the best agency to use. You know, they were just filling their claim out. And, uh, you know, I told them, I said, well, if you're starting your claim, you can actually only, you, you can really only use them because you can't use an attorney or an agent until you get a denial letter. So I said, you need to line them all up, tell them to take their shirts off. And the one that's got the most bruises on his chest will be the one to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That uh, might be a good good way of figuring it out. Uh, not to say, now, I know there are some really good DSOs out there, and they work hard for their veterans. And But there's some that... Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's like their heart's not in it, or they're burnt out, or I don't know what the excuse is. Or they're so overloaded. I've, I've had I some give you time, and they got... Uh, go ahead. You're right about that. They're overloaded, but you have to realize, too, that they've got a job to do. Okay. Now, a lot of them, they're really good get a lot of work. You got a lot of veterans out there that are applying for benefits and you got the you know, they gotta help these guys out. So what they do is they overload them and they work them, work them, work them. And then these guys have got ideas to try to help a veteran. But I won't say the agencies and the uh, and the upper echelon managers tie their hands as to what they can do. I've never heard of VSO tell a veteran to go get an IMO with you. No. I haven't, and I've asked, uh, mm-hmm. do I need to see a doctor or something? Nah, mm-hmm. with, with with all this, uh, you ain't going to need a doctor. Mm-hmm. And my God, you go in there, that's the first thing they want to know. The judge well, is going to want to know, uh, do you have a letter from a doctor or a medical mm-hmm. opinion? <laughs> yep, the VA. You're sitting there like a dummy. <laughs> that one from the VA. Saying less likely than not. Even though that pallet fell and crushed your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you uh, did have a TBI. It's my advice and my learning here, you do not file a claim without a medical opinion. You can file your claim, but your medical opinion better be right behind it. So you got to get that medical opinion. And uh, to have three or four of them is, is I think, of the norm. Uh, you need more than one, uh, especially if you can get a specialist in each field, uh, you know, like... If you got bone issues or mm-hmm. walk with a gant or you got heart trouble, you want one from a cardiologist. Cardiologist. Uh, well. But get those medical opinions, folks. Uh, you got, 
don't think you're going to win your claim without it unless you've been medically discharged and you got a buku's of records that's in the system. I see a lot of guys get denied. I have seen a lot of guys mm-hmm. get denied with uh, getting medical discharged. Uh, so you cannot have too many medical opinions. I'll say that. Well, if you're fighting a VA claim, and if you're fighting a Social Security claim, the VA is going to send their doctor to get their opinion, and they're going to ask that doctor leading questions, of course. Social Security is going to send you to some old doctor who's been retired for 30 years, and they're going to get they're going to get their opinion. It's the same thing as the old black lung situation. The guys will go into coal mines and they file for black lung. They have to go see a company doctor, and I guarantee that company doctor didn't go against you know they didn't go against the company for nothing because they're afraid they'd lose their job. So I think the same thing kind of exists within within the realm of the VA and Social Security. They've got their own doctors and they're basically coerced into saying no. If you don't have an independent medical opinion, your chances of winning your claim are decreased by a major, major percentage. I'm not saying by 10%. I'm going to say by 60 or 70%. Well, it's a... it's a horrible deal, and uh, I don't know. I, I know you have to have the medical opinions, and the IME or an IMO, IME, of course, uh, rules over an IMO in most cases. Yep. IME does rule an IMO. So the doctor has to examine you. Yeah, uh, IMOs are good, uh, some of them, uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, get those medical opinions. Don't let anyone tell you you don't need a medical opinion. Well, the biggest thing with that too, Gerald, is that, you know you realize once you once you schedule to get the opinion or whatever. You make sure that everything, every document's available for a doctor to look at. He's got a list what he, you know, what he looked at on his IMO. And if yeah. he did, and he construct evidence and construction nexus, and you've got a pretty good chance. Doing an examination just adds, uh, you know, it adds more, more powder to the shell, more or less, and uh, makes it a stronger claim. Um, if you go into a situation to where you go into a security doctor or a VA doctor, you know, yeah. uh, the Enemy that we call is, you know, we consider it the enemy because we're fighting a battle. The enemy already has uh, uh, constructed your claim to a negative aspect, anyways, when you get to the examiner. And if you look at the negative, it's very, very hard to make a positive out of it. Some people get lucky. I get lucky myself twice. And uh, I think it's because the examiner didn't like the regional office too well. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's what happens. You need to get an IMO. Yes. You need to get an that's, IMO. That's, that's critical. Yeah. Uh, an IMO, and uh, if you can get your 
your primary care team to support you. That's very important, too. But remember, they work for the VA, and, and some of them are pretty cautious how they write things up. Getting a proper diagnosis. We've seen so many veterans that go undiagnosed, uh, especially on cancer issues, that by the time they realize they've uh, gotten gotten cancer, it's usually in stage stage four, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's too late to do anything. And and it's just because the VA didn't tell them. And when you've been treated with the VA for years, and then all of a sudden they jump up, oh, you got stage four cancer. Well, you know yourself, there are warning signs and things to look for, uh, and they do plenty of testing. Uh, So there's no excuse, in my opinion, for someone to come up with stage four cancer uh, if they've been going to the VA for many years, Uh, but it happens happens all the time, all too often. Of course, some of your cancers are really fast-moving. I have to admit that. True, but I mean, at least I'll have a chest x-ray every six months. Yeah, I agree. You should at least have to have a chest x-ray. Especially if you were a veteran, especially a a veteran that was exposed to any possibility, any best exposure or anything like that while they were in service. You know, because, uh, you know, I remember the days when I had to go in every so many months for a uh, breathing, you know, pulmonary function test and a diffusion test, and then I had to have my eyes checked because they had all kinds of stuff went through for years. And, of course, that's part of the asbestos protocol. Now, they don't do that now, I don't think, but uh, still, you know, that's a... uh, that's a that, that's a very common thing, you know. Now you you need a chest X-ray. I think if uh, that situation would have happened, we'd still have a couple of people here right now that uh, didn't make it because of lung cancer. I agree. You know, they could have got uh, to it quick enough and treated it, you know. And it's it's, uh, it's it's really sad when you see something like that and know. It could have possibly been avoided. Uh, yeah. At least uh, give someone a fighting chance. And uh, the way it turned out, these poor people didn't have a fighting chance. So. No. Uh, and. Uh, it says snowball has a better chance, you know where. Yeah. Uh, so, but. I mean, don't get me wrong, Gerald. I'm not Mr. Negative. I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, um, you know, after all these years of doing this, which is uh, quite a while, you know, and it's it's very disheartening. And always, you know, anytime you're always always there on the caution of bad news, because you can see it on the website, you know, everybody's filing claims and this and that, and they're getting denial letters and they're trying to figure out, you know, what they got to do to win their claim. And it's just, you see it every day. You see some of the responses from the VA to some of these people. <laughs> you scratch your head and say, what? 
<laughs> yeah. Know, and so, That's so but, true. Uh, and uh, many times, uh, I think preventing medicine is far cheaper than the alternative. I mean, you know, if you can prevent something from happening, uh, do it. And all too many times, I'm afraid they're turning their heads. Uh, surely they're not that incompetent that they they can't recognize uh, a medical uh, field has advanced so far that, uh, you know, they know that uh, when something's wrong. Yeah, they do know. They do and know. You, have to, you know, I recommend anybody, especially if you've got insurance or Medicare or whatever it is that you've got, um, still go to the VA. But at least once or twice a year, find yourself a outside doctor that's, you know, a primary care doctor and have him, you know, follow you and things like that. Go to him every year and get a complete physical, and that's for a chest X-ray. You know, that's these true. guys will do it. Yeah. And they'll check you like that because that way you can kind of you know you kind of want to double check these guys because they've some, had some weird stuff happen you know over the past couple of years people dying left and right. One guy got told he wasn't told he had cancer. We finally talked to him going outside the VA and he had stage four lung cancer. Yeah, he didn't live just a few months after he got his diagnosis. And, uh, you know, he was a big part of our show and a big part of, you know, of our lives. You know, we talked to him every week. And, uh, you know, he was very good at what he did. I mean, he was a technician. And, uh, that, of course, when that was, we were using the blog talk format when that happened, before then we didn't have blog talk. And we had to do it. All of our own shows had to be done. And we had to, you know, we had to record them manually and do, and do all the work on them. And, uh. After we do a couple thousand of these shows, Joe, we kind of get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, we're mm. not professionals, and we don't claim to be, but we do try to put out some information that's usable. And yeah, and one of them is, uh, I'd say after you're getting your 50s and 60s, Keep a close eye on your health, and if you have Medicare, uh, uh, be sure to utilize it. I mean, along with the VA, I use Medicare, and I have a gap insurance, and I use it in conjunction with the VA. And uh, my primary care team and my uh, doctor here in town work closely together, and that's turned into been a real lifesaver for me. Uh, so uh, you don't have to use one or the other. Uh, for convenience, you can have a, uh, a good uh, internal medicine doctor in town. and If he sees something wrong, he can notify the VA or your primary care team and vice versa. And, and like I say, mine, my two work together. Uh, and uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm sure that's not the case across the country. But uh, you, as a veteran, you need to work towards that end. 
because I'll tell one you a story. might miss something. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you it, a story. it could be it could be helpful. Back in the early two thousands, I was in the working force and started having issues to where uh, pole started racing and I couldn't breathe. We were short of breath. And this started in about the spring of one year, so I went to the VA, looked at me, and they looked, and they've done some, all their little workups and stuff, and they said, hmm, but you need to lose some weight. I said, you know, you need, you're too heavy, and you need to lose some weight until you're stressing yourself too much. So they sent me on my merry way, and about two weeks later, I'd go back to the same condition. They'd tell me the same story, and I'd leave. Well, finally, one day, the missus went with me, and just fortunately she worked there and I went back there and uh, she said you know that's what they've been telling me now for the past several months she said why don't y'all do a chest x-ray or something to see if, see if something's going on with him well, I walked over the x-ray and they stuck me in front of that machine and I put my shirt back on walked out the door and here comes that doctor running down the hall wide open looking for me Took me back in the ER. So he told me what was wrong with me, so I had to do some other tests. So that one uh, little nudge, that one little nudge from her, actually helped me a lot. You know, all it took if they'd done a chest X-ray three months earlier, I'd have known my situation. So you know, but uh, you do an X-ray and you lift, you lift lung don't work. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, that's just an instance. Uh, I'm, you can imagine how how many things get missed, uh, especially nationwide. We're talking about the VA, the big, uh, big organization. It's, it's easy for them to overlook it or... Uh, uh, not catch something. You need another opinion. Save your bacon. <laughs> Getting that found out. I'm going to pass a word out for you veterans that uh, uh, serve next for lung disease. Uh, that can be either restrictive, uh, obstructive, those type of diseases, anything but tuberculosis or asthma. If you guys have been searching next for about 30, 40%, and you're short of breath and stuff, and you you got some heart issues going on, and you do a heart cath or an echo, have the doctors pay attention to your pulmonary artery pressures because. If your heart has to start beating on your right side and pumping blood through that lung, a diseased lung, it's going to have to work harder. And when it does, it causes some issues with your with your pressures, and that's pulmonary hypertension if it's if it's over a certain level. A lot of folks don't realize that. A lot of folks I know that has it, but uh, you have to claim it in order to get it through. And the reason I'm saying that is because on the rating schedule, sure, you can meet the criteria for 30 or 40 percent for any, any any rating, you know. And uh, but there's two things down at the bottom of that list, 
if you've got right-sided heart failure, which is called core pulmonale or pulmonary hypertension, that rating goes to 100%. Do you know that, Drew? Yes, pulmonary hypertension, yeah. Yeah. So I won't say there's a lot of vets out there that's having problems getting 100%. It's probably 30 40% for their lungs. They have pulmonary hypertension, and uh, the only way you can really find that is through a heart echo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because more than likely they go together, heart disease and uh, uh, your lung disease. Yeah, Yeah, so that one aggravates the other, you know. Yeah, and if you got bad lungs, your heart's going to have to work harder naturally just to get enough blood through there to feed your body with oxygen, and uh, that's uh, where that comes in, or you end up with congestive heart failure. Uh, That's another one. You get a flapper uh, valve. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that's something everybody ought to to pay attention to. uh, I'll tell you, if you have a lung disease, you want to get a good uh, cardiologist also. Uh, Last time I was in the hospital... Uh, one come in and seen me a specialist. So, yeah, I made a I made a prediction some time ago that there's so many sleep apnea claims being awarded that the VA is going to try to find some way to get rid of it. And uh, I think it's come to fruition, Gerald. Well, I I think you're right. I think that shows up uh, in what's going yeah. on. I, I know a lot of them are getting. Uh, uh, reevaluated on sleep apnea, aren't they? Yeah, because they 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 they've mixed it in with the lung ratings now. So now, if you got sleep apnea and you got COPD, then they have to rate what you know that they consider it pyramiding now and rate the most severe one. Yeah. So there's been a couple of folks on had it had that come issue come through and we got to look at the regs and yep, just like boing. New reg. Yep. I didn't see anything in the Federal Register about that change. Did you? No. Probably <laughs> won't either. It's like, give and take as they see fit. Yeah, it does. You know, it just it popped right in there. So, you know, one of these days, maybe somebody will get a handle on what's going on, but that's uh, a bunch of something else. I tell you, they got a lot of folks that are paying just to sit and think this stuff up. You know, they're creative thinkers, and they hire creative people, creative writing, creative thinkers. Used to be some of the criteria to get hired as a writer was to be a creative writer. Do you know that, Gerald? Uh, no, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. Well, now I part think KSAs. Creator liars. <laughs> creative well. liars. <laughs> From what I've learned about the <laughs> politics and stuff in the last couple of years, I'm well, I tend to agree with. It. <laughs> it's something else. Yeah, uh, it's been a mess. You have to hopefully call them on every shot they make because uh, you know if you're fortunate, you know they do throw a, a little bit out here to veterans enough to keep. From having a revolution, I guess. Uh, well, but, I guess uh, one gets off the bus and one gets on. Yeah. It's not new money, Gerald. 
No, it's the same old money being rolled over. <laughs> and uh, one guy dies, and they take that money and divvy it up between how many ever they can. Well, they try to keep them happy a while, and then pretty soon, uh, yeah, I think they probably yeah. still rolling the first dollar over they were given. Well, they roll that over, and the next thing you know, you know, you got the bonus situation going on there. Everybody gets bonuses for doing this and that, so. That's part of the budget too. It's not the exact, you know, patient care budget or the or the disability budget, but still, it has an effect. Uh, uh, I think the know. bonuses has done more harm to the veterans and yeah. a lot of things. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the it's, criteria to uh, be a in line for a bonus? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, what is that criteria? Well, it depends on, you know, you, each each job's got a different set of criteria for each, you know, job description. So if you meet your goals and you get a good rating, you know, from your performance basis, you're going to get a bonus. And, of course, it goes by departments divided up. But still, if you realize that if your job entails uh Make sure veterans are scheduled correctly and things like that. You're going to find a way to beat the system and show that they've been scheduled correctly, because the bonus money outweighs the risk. Because anytime there's free money involved, people are going to do what they have to do to get their hands on it. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, difference in boys in Kentucky right. Lake fishing. These boys are fishing in Kentucky Lake one day in a tournament, and they they. Uh, Pulled up in this cove, looked under the dock, pulled up that cage, and loaded them fish in their live well. They didn't realize that the water patrol and that the game warden was videoing them as they was doing it. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <clears throat> they got back to the ramp, and they took the boat, fishing poles, and they banned them from fishing tournaments for a long time. <laughs> Why are they? One got jail time out of it, you know. So that's a, anytime there's free money, somebody's going to try to invent a way to get it. Yeah, I'm afraid so. You know, and then uh, no matter if you're, you know, I mean, look at these uh, VA employees that got busted. They were, you know, service-connected people and keeping so much money. And it, it, it was a fiasco. That happened right there in Louisville. Ruined a bunch and had a, I think it was a, one of the reps of the veterans organization. There was a pilot for Southwest Airlines and a whole bunch of people involved in that sucker. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They've, they've busted a lot of them, but uh, they had some stories up pretty quick. As soon as a, a veteran, if they catch a veteran cheating, my God, he makes front page news. Front page, yes, he makes the front page everywhere. And percentage-wise, uh, it's an extremely, extremely small percentage of veterans involved in, in fraud. Uh, I once but, told me that, you know, we can't hold them responsible for a few bad people. And I said, well, you can't hold the vets responsible for a few bad veterans either, can you? Well, you shouldn't, <laughs> but they do. 
of course, now I'm not saying it's all one-sided either. You know, we've got some, there's been some claims filed that kind of make you shake your head. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Claiming Vietnam exposure when they were stationed in the Philippines or somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quite a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, so. Again, why are they doing it? Because there's free money involved. I hate to say it, that's called motive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It really does. It's terrible. But, you know, I still have a lot of hope for the VA. You know, I think, you know, in a perfect world, they'll get it together one of these days. I'm sure hoping to get together come January 2017. I am, too. I would certainly love to see. I believe the whole whole thing is going to change, buddy. It very well could. You know, uh, it very well could. It it could turn over a new VA or totally revamped or or totally uh, uh, I don't know it needs total reorganization I think it's gotten out of control it's well, it, it's turned into a monster it's turned into a monster but also realize that once the you got some folks that are pretty good at what they do and if you get some folks from like Underwriters laboratories, folks know how to do audits and things like that and know the system. You start getting them in the regional offices and start looking at stuff, you'll see a big improvement over a period of time. Yeah. Maybe they can uh, get you know, and they can figure out what the, where the problem is and start getting rid of it. Well, I believe the problem's a hierarchy. Uh I believe the mm-hmm. probably the average uh workers, the employees uh of the VA are basically good people, uh, most of them, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but they have to follow their orders, and then they use them, them uh, uh, doggone bonuses as a weapon. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, if you don't do this, and you don't get a bonus. And then they get in trouble, and next thing they do, they're going down to the union, raising cane, the union comes up and gets in their grill, and yeah. Start having all these hearings and all these lawyers get involved and people that screw up get to keep their jobs and probably get to get, get promoted. Yeah, some of them yeah. do. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that if you work for the government, you don't need a union. I wouldn't think you would, because government should pay union scale and union benefits anyway. Yeah, uh, that's you know. required uh, whether you uh, contract from uh, uh, contract like if you're going to build a bridge, uh, yeah. you have to pay union scale whether you're cruise union or not. That's true, for union scale. Yeah, that's a good thing to look at too. You know, was, I mean, really, unions are you know they've got their place, but. You know, the air traffic controller went on strike back in the eighties and President Reagan didn't 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 even hesitate. You cannot strike against the government. They did. Every one yeah. of them the stroke got fired. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think they eventually got to come back, but, you know, there's no reason for that. You know, there's no reason it'll be a better place to work. Of course, I guess the morale's bad in a lot of places, too, so. And that's management's fault. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, so. it uh, usually goes to your higher up. I don't know whether they're fighting over packing orders or what, but. Uh, well, union kind of rhymes with onion, or what happens when you peel an onion? Well, your eyes, Walter. <laughs> you cry. <laughs> you know, all that money you're taking out of your paycheck for union dues. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, but again, it's just a couple of veterans' opinion, people. It's not necessarily the opinion of everyone. So, you know, not to be distrustful and to offend anyone, but it's just, you know, the views of that. But. After you look at the situation, as long as we've looked at it, you see, you know, where some of the problems lie. You know, because the scope is very, very large. Mm. Very large. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, getting back to uh, some of your respiratory issues, they uh, they did. Uh, uh, you know, if you get the right rating, you you can be all right on your yep. respiratory issues. They're all different uh, uh, things that you can count. You can. You can. I mean, it's a. Uh... Worst thing about a respiratory issue, though, is if you ever smoked, they try to hold it over your head, buddy, and they won't let go of it. Oh yeah, they will not let yeah. go of it. You know, they got they got a death grip on that sucker, and it's hard to you know show them. But you can show them medical evidence, you know. Even though they uh, furnished your cigarettes in the service, I remember getting them five little five pack things. Mm-hmm. They come in MREs, didn't they? Uh, they come in the well, C rations, I, MREs. We we had C C rations. They wasn't MREs. You want Lucky Strikes? <laughs> yeah, or Marlboro or something. I forget. Cowboy Killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, uh, I. That was the way it was back in the day, though, because they were all war two. So, you know, they were all war two uh, C rations and. Uh, you know, they had the food and they had the cigarettes in them and things like that. They're made for the battlefield. Yeah. So, you know, you got a couple of packs on you. You're going to eat dinner and stuff. You know, you had your cigarettes there. Them five's going to last you. You know, they didn't really care too much. If you're in battle, you know, they realize, oh, okay, well, you know, let's try to make them as happy as we can because, you know, they're putting their life on the line. Well, they... Uh... <laughs> Back then, they promoted smoking. Yeah, they did, because nobody knew, you know, what the outcome was going to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I even when they found smoke. out what the outcome was. I didn't smoke till after I got in the service. Couldn't stand yeah. to be around people that smoked. <laughs> well, you can't now, can you? Well, I can't now either. <laughs> 
Back in free sure. zone. You know what I mean. You don't need to smoke. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. smoke. Of course, you go to Colorado and become part of the Mile High City and walk in and buy candy and do anything you want. I don't even care about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, drugs are are a bad thing, folks. The world's eat up with it. Yeah. That's going to be one of the downfalls of this world's drugs. And I don't know how that situation out there in Colorado is going to turn out. Uh, Probably going to be gone, I'd say. I think it it might not be the way to go. I believe it might be gone here in the next few years. Well, the still is against federal law, and federal law will override state law, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I think you're right on that. I think it will mm-hmm. be yeah. paged out. Yep. I think it will and should be. You know, so, you know, I guess it's, a, it's only a matter of time, Gerald. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, back on the lung diseases... Now, COPD, is that part of that of the structures that restrictive lung disease? Well, that could be uh, restrictive lung disease, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be obstructive too, though, because they say restrictive. Restrictive is something that's blocking the airway, and obstructive is something inside the lungs. So if you've got something, say, if you're. If your diaphragm is paralyzed, it's got to be restricted because your your nerves not working and your, and your diaphragm didn't move. Yeah. So it's restricting your lungs' ability to move, you know, to fill up and and discharge. Uh, you know. A lot of times, the food you eat, you swallow it and it gets embedded in your your lungs. Yeah. Blocks them. Yeah, uh, that's called aspiration. That's bad stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Only one aspiration. See, usually yeah. a lot of people lung disease, I think, are probably diagnosed with GERD, too. That's uh, bad stuff there now. That, it's a lot worse than I ever dreamed a possible GERD, GERD is. It's something that's heartburn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at night, while you're sleeping, see, that acid gets up and goes down to your lungs. Your lungs ain't designed, you know, uh, for the protection like your stomach is, so it eats your throat up. Yeah, it'll eat your throat out, your larynx. And your lungs, too. Yeah, it sure does. It causes cancer, too. If you get Barrett's esophagus, it can turn into cancer. Yeah, yeah, I got Barrett's esophagus. Better be checked uh, very closely. I am. Yeah. So. A lot, of, a lot of it's caused by medicine, Gerald. Well, I can agree with that. Uh, for everything a doggone pill takes care of, it generates two or three other problems. That's right. Yeah. Just something Read them medicine side effects. And, uh, Read them side effects. Monitor your medicine as closely as possible. 
always go over your meds with your doctor. Yep. Always. Yep. Say what? That's what you need. Your. What kind of limb quit taking or what kind of cut down now? Yeah, always. Yeah. Less uh, chemical exposure you have with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, uh, get away from them meds uh, if you can. Some of them, you just got to bite the bullet and take them. You have to. Uh, Some you have to. You can't uh but that don't you mean you to. don't. You scrutinize every time you see them. You go over your meds. I don't yep. care how many times you see them. You go over your meds. Yeah, because it and could I, be a smoking gun there. Well, you you never know when sometimes they say, hey, wait a minute, maybe this ain't the right pill for you. Yeah. Maybe we have one with less side effects. I always ask for the ones with the least amount possible. Yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, there are some they can switch out, and there's some there they're not able to. If you're dealing with VA medicine exclusively, uh I don't know. I take most of my meds or VA meds. And it seems like uh, you can never get two pills the same strength. Uh, one be too strong, one be too weak. Uh, and that's something you got to watch for. They usually go to the cheapest bidder, I guess. The lowest bidder. The lowest bidder. Yep, that's pretty low. <laughs> and that's uh, pretty low if it's that chalk out of China. <laughs> but uh, uh, we're having, you can have a lot of issues with your meds. have a lot of issues with your meds, especially coming from the lowest bidder. You never know the correct dosage and or the correct, you know, I mean, that's all, it's all, it's all a crapshoot. It is, it is, you know, and yeah. uh, your body chemistry is always changing. That's another reason to bring up your, your meds uh, to your doctor. Uh, Every time you see them, talk about your meds. Is there any way we can improve on them? Is there anything I can eliminate uh, uh, or change or whatever? And that, that's good. you know, that's what's some of the things you to, What's some of the things you should ask your doctor when you when you see him? Well, I always ask mine where they got their degree. Mm. Just to set the mood. <laughs> Where'd you go to medical school, Grenada? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the tribe, tribe? 
They do have it. they got a big medical school in Grenada. Well, they, uh, I think that's where they all get their degrees. But uh, no, I always go over my meds. Uh, uh, try to be truthful and honest. Don't clown around too much. I probably clown around too much with mine. Uh, well, you know, but, you have uh, to. Anyway, always go over your meds. I don't care. Yeah, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Uh, Take a little note about Neurotin. Uh, We talked about this earlier, but I don't know if the listeners heard it or not. Now, I know a lady was in, she's in her 80s, and she's been taking Neurotin. And for years, her arms would shake like they're going out of style. And just like she had Parkinson's. We told her she didn't have Parkinson's, but they you know, couldn't, couldn't understand why she was shaking like that. So she went to a nephrologist, and he said, you know, he said, let's back you off at Neurotin. He said, maybe might feel better. So they cut it down. And just a couple of days later, she stopped shaking real bad. So the doctor gave her some other medicine, took her completely off of it. Now she can drive a car again. Uh, yeah, you was telling me about that. Yeah. So if you're taking Neurotin, folks, and, you, and you're shaking like that and you ain't got Parkinson's, you might want to talk to a doctor that understands, you know, the breakdown of the medicine. You might be able to stop that shaking because that shaking is bad stuff. Yeah. I, uh, because uh, I've taken every Parkinson's medicine there is and uh, still shake and I talked to my doctor about that, and he uh, he still wants me to take it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the rotten; it's a different one. Okay. Uh, I think I cut it in half, and okay. but still, still shake. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just my nerves are burned out. Well, that could be part of the course, too, you know. The older we get, the more the mile on our nerves do mess up. Yeah. You know, and uh, our nerves start to regenerate, you know, so. But that's what we deal with every day. <laughs> yeah. That's every true. day. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, we... We're going to have Alex on tonight, but I guess, I guess he's doing something, so we, well, we was kind of going to talk more about the contact in the VA that he come out with, you know, and, you know, we was talking about calling 800 number, you know, if you get anywhere with it. Uh, touch back on that. There's, you know, you can actually go on the computer under eBenefits and you can direct message your providers all day long, talk to them. You can also yeah. send the uh, Irish, you can send their Irish request to the VA and they answer it and you got it writing, you know. On a specific question, if they ask you, you know, if they answer it, some of them, some of them try to answer it, but they, they'll load it to, to a way to where it doesn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, I guess they're trained how to answer them. Well, that you know, was a good wanna... deal. He, 
He has that posted on his website, and I think he's got a link there on Hattie, too, don't he, uh, uh, John? He put a topic on there, yeah, about that. Yeah. He's had to get uh, how to look up any government employee. If you want, you know, if a raider makes a mistake on your claim, the veteran will be able to reach out directly to that raider. Say, hey, man, this is something I need to talk to you about, you know. That's and, right. Uh, you know, if it's... Uh, a smoking gun, or if it's something they said that's complete odor uh, bull, which happens a lot, you know, because they don't want to, you know, they decide not, you know, it's it's laziness in a way if they don't do their job. Of course, now everything's being automated, and then the computers are making most of the decisions, you know. You got records and things like that, you know, and they're supposed to look at them and rate your claim. And the computer starts doing this stuff, writing it up, and then, you know, you have to hit a certain button or whatever in order to get it go through. And it, I don't think it's going to work very good either, Gerald. No, I don't either. Yeah, uh, so that's, when uh, they started this uh, computer thing, uh, digitizing everything, I just didn't yeah. see it working because... My lands, look how many people they have, how many records they have to digitize. And, yeah, but now and as it's turned out, uh, in my experience anyway, half of them get digitized and half of them get uh, shredded. Uh, so uh, uh, this is something here that I just don't know. It's going to work uh, right now because they have so many records that they need to digitize. And I mean, these, some of them are large files. And and, uh, and then if, if they want to punch a button and let a computer make a decision, I don't think I well. want a computer making a decision on my claim. Well, you know, you got the shredder, and they can shred documents, and well, they can shred they can them. Now that. they don't have to worry about shredding; they can hit the delete button now. Oh, wham! Instant. Yep. Instant. Your file is gone. No more. You're no longer. I'm just waiting for a scandal to come out and that happening, and. uh We'll see if they can start looking up. See if they're finding who's deleting what. It's hard to drive these computers and stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know. Have they got it? My God, look how much information they have to digitize. Look at that it. Would yeah, take forever in itself. Yep. Millions, That's true. millions. Yep. It is. It's millions. It's sad, though. Well, I... I sad situation. It's just oh. another method of uh, working over the poor veteran. I, I see it uh, uh, not uh, turning out well. We'll find out. I, but I it's think true. I'm going to be right. Well, now... Let's see. Next week, are you going to be in town next next Thursday or so? 
think that'll be it for today, John. Well. Appreciate you coming on as co-host. Well, appreciate you doing the doing the show. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll have us a, a Dorley and Bash show next week. And with that, I think we're out of time, ain't we, John? Yeah, we're out. Alrighty. Well, I'll see you next week, Gerald. Okay. Be careful, and thanks a lot. Good night, folks. Be careful. This will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show.